0: I don't know what you're like for making plans and needing to know what the plan is and needing to be in control of the plan and needing to think about what's going to happen. I am both good and terrible at it, in that I quite like making a plan and hate not having one. I was thinking earlier, I am terrible in the office. Okay, this church uh, has a staff team Uh, A mix of paid and voluntary people of about 20 people in the kind of core team who sit often in the office over there. And I like to go in and I like to be with them and I like to hang out and it's good fun. Uh, But I'm also terrible in that space because as I sit in that room, I can hear people talking about things. And I think, I'm not sure that should be going in that direction. I'm not, I, just, I wonder whether maybe we could just change what you're doing and think again. And I just can't help myself but just constantly get involved in everything that's going on. So it's literally the most distracting place for me and everybody else on the team. Last week, none of you will have noticed, but at the beginning of the service, something funny happened with the sound system. And Jess, who's our operations director, said that during that moment, she had a clock running in her head between the problem starting and how long it was going to be before she saw me purposefully walking at high speed around the building. I think it was about two or three seconds. I'm terrible. I love to have a plan. I hate not knowing what's going on. I hate surprises. I love to know the plan and what's ahead. I forward think all the time. I don't know whether any of you, maybe it's just me, but I think there's something in a lot of us that we like to know what's coming up. We like to know what the right plan is. We don't like things to not go the right way. And I think that's kind of almost at the heart of my liking to know the plan, is I like to be in control of knowing that it's the right thing that's happened, that it's gone well. Jesus here is praying this prayer. I praise you, Lord, Father of heaven and earth. And Jesus is praying this prayer immediately following a plan that appears to have actually gone wrong. The plan to go and do a mission to the, uh, uh, the Gentile people has actually not been pulled off to the Galileans. It's not gone well. They've not been interested. They've not listened. And Jesus' reflection, Jesus' response, Jesus' prayer in response to that is to say, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus' reflection on seeming failure is praise. His reflection on seeming failure is praise. Praise. But the reason that he can praise in the face of seeming failure is that he's in on the actual plan. Jesus can see the plan as it's been revealed to him. We so often want those specific answers. And Jesus is, in this model, inviting us to realize that God has a plan. God the Father is who Jesus is praying to here and saying, I praise you, Father, that you've got a plan. That even though it looked like a failure, actually you've done this great thing where you've revealed yourself. Because you see, to hear God is to realize the revelation that we have received. To hear God is to realize the revelation that we have received that we in the same way as these people here have had God revealed to us a God who looks on us and is on our side a God who holds us a God who loves us a God who wants ultimately good things but we look and we want our plan so often I do I just want to know exactly what's happening and God's going hold on There is something happening. You see, Jesus was in the Father. Jesus prayed. He turned to God and he saw what God was doing. In verse 27, it says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus can see, even ahead of the time, what God is up to. And by us being in Jesus, we can trust and know that God is up to something good. And so we can praise in the midst of seeming failure if we're hearing that God is up to something good. Those writing the Gospels could see in Jesus his desire to thank and praise God at all times, and for all that God was up to, knowing that God is, God the Father, in Jesus' case, is, is up to a good plan. He's got a good idea. He's got something going on, and Jesus is thanking him. These same words that come up here, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you're pleased to do. Come up twice, They come up here in Matthew's gospel, and the same words come up in Luke's gospel. Now, in Matthew's gospel, it's following a seeming failure of a mission. In Luke's gospel, it's following a success. They've gone out and preached, and it's been a huge success. And Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for what you've done. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because it seems to have gone wrong. But in either situation, in either circumstance, Jesus can see that God is is ultimately up to good things. It's praise and praise. But it only works if we can see and know that God is up to good things. It's interesting, Rachel prayed for the people who came to the light party. It was 440 people came to our light party on Tuesday. It's quite amazing, really. Really? Just astonishing to see so many people who've never stepped in a church in their lives before walking in and hearing something of Jesus in that space. Now we can praise God for that because what a success. How well has that gone? What if three people had turned up? Would we be praising at that point? Well, I think the example of Jesus in his prayers is yes. We praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because of what you have done even in that moment, because of what you've done in that moment. I saw a friend this week uh, who wouldn't call herself a Christian, and um, she has had what i think as she describes but still doesn't quite see it as a powerful encounter with the holy spirit in prayer Uh, she's done alpha and yet she still goes no 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 this is not the thing i'm not sure any of this is true the last six months she's been out of work Uh, Because industry she's in, in technology, there's been huge layoffs and she's been struggling against everybody else who's in that same industry to try and get a job. And she's finally got one. But in the middle of it all, uh, she was running out of money, as you do when you're out of work for that many months. And she said to me, she said, you know what, John, eventually I said I might try praying. So one evening she sat down in her bedroom and she prayed and she said, God, what am I going to do? I need some help here. The next morning she wakes up and gets a phone call from somebody she hardly knows, an acquaintance from the past, who phoned up and said, look, I've got three days of work and it's going to pay this amount of money, are you interested? That amount of money was exactly the right amount of money that she needed to pay those bills that she was otherwise not going to be able to pay. I said to her, wow, what do you make of that then? And she said, well, I know you said to me that when we pray, coincidences happen. But what about all the other prayers that i pray that haven't been answered? I'm still not sure it's true. Isn't it interesting? Isn't that true for so many of us? How easy it is to praise and thank God in our prayers when things have gone the way that we think they should go. Yet when they go a different way altogether, it's really hard To praise God for what he is doing in it. Because God is at work in our lives at all times and in all places. And we're called to give thanks and praise. And in this prayer that we've read today, Jesus sort of flips backwards and forwards between praying and addressing the crowd. And the main bit that is prayer is, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So the example to follow here is Jesus saying, let's praise. The call is to rest in God's plan rather than think that it's a rubbish plan. To say that the Lord reigns in what seems to be good as well as what seems to be bad. Whatever is going on, the Lord still reigns. In the certainty of answers to prayer, the Lord reigns. And in the doubt The Lord reigns. In that certainty, we're called to praise and thank God. And in the doubt, we're called to praise and thanks God. To realize that revelation that we've received of who God is through Jesus. Jesus gives thanks to the Father seven times quite specifically through the Gospels. And each time, and this I thought was fascinating as I read them, It struck me he gives thanks before things happen. He gives thanks before 5,000 people are fed. He gives thanks before 4,000 people are fed. He gives thanks before Lazarus is raised from the dead. He gives thanks before what is achieved and finished on the cross is done. Over and over again, Jesus gives thanks when it looks like all is done. When it looks like there's thousands of people who are not going to eat, he gives thanks and then they get fed. When it looks like his friend is dead and gone and buried, he gives thanks and then he's raised from the dead. When it looks like all is finished, he gives thanks and then the victory is happening on the cross. Jesus was in the Father. He knew that God was on it. He had a plan. He didn't need to worry. And that is what happens in prayer as we find ourselves in Jesus. So maybe our response is one of handing over that need to control. Like I know I find that hard. That need to know the next ten steps, the need to know what's coming up. To hand over that doubt, to hand over the fear. To hand over what it is that where we're going, we need to know and be in charge. And we need to work this out for ourselves. We need but to hand it over and let God be God. I find it hard. Religion finds it hard. To hand over completely to God. Verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Or as the message version of the Bible puts it, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. The call is to lay down all the things that we're grabbing onto for certainty and security and planning and confidence and knowledge of the future and to grab on instead to Jesus. The yoke that they talk about in the old Jewish rabbinic traditions was all about being yoked to the religious traditions. It was being yoked to the religion, to the way of doing things. If we do it this way, if we act this way, if we say these things, then it's all going to be okay because we've got it. And Jesus is saying, let go and grab hold of me. Grab hold of me. Hold on to your intelligence. Don't just give it all away and just hope for the best. You know, the the way that this whole passage is built is is mirroring some of the wisdom traditions of the Old Testament, all that they would have known. It's it's an invitation into the fullness of wisdom, into the deepest wisdom, into the biggest bit of knowledge, into more than we could possibly ever have known. So It's not saying just, yeah, it's all going to be just sit back. But it is saying, cling on, not to own understanding, but to on to Jesus. And when we rest in that, when we rest in that knowledge that God has got it, God has got the future, he's got the plan, when we rest in that, then we can start our prayers with, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, even in the difficult times and in the good even when we don't understand what's going, we can say, I praise you, because we can know that you're at work in this. Lord, please reveal to us how you're at work, because I'd love to know, but we can praise you because we know that you're at work in this. So if you don't know the plan, then come to Jesus. Grab hold of him. If you're wanting control, come and grab hold of Jesus who is in control. If you'd like to have revelation, you'd like to see what God is up to and what he's doing, then come. Like my friend who won't let go of the fact that she needs to fully understand every moment of it, even though it's quite clear in her face. If that's you, and I know that can be me a lot of the time, then come. Come and receive. Come and grab hold of Jesus. Yoke yourself to him. Tie yourself to him. Learn from him. See how he does it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And find yourself, almost force yourself, cause yourself. Say, Lord, help me to praise you as I pray. Help me to begin my prayer with praise that you are God and you reign over it all. Amen.